can write a song that would put an end to war. Give a blind man back his sight, crystal clear forevermore. Make the air smell sweet from the deserts to the shore. But why put in that way when my honey do adore that sweet funky nonsense? She said it makes her life complete. And I mean that sweet funky nonsense. Let me tell you, ain't nobody funky quite like me. And I got you right here on both sides, DJ and Honey. No, give me my little flip phone. I'll call you and you call me and that's it. And I ain't no telephone love. I'll tell on the phone you Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode, Both Sides with DJ. And Honey. Podcast. We are back. Yes. Another week. Yes. Your favorite couple, your favorite podcast couple here, episode 26. And the countdown That's began. 26 weeks of this hard work by me and my lady, sitting here delivering the best that we can every week. Um, what's going on, baby? Nothing. How's your week? The week was great. And why? The week. Is this your birthday? Was your birthday? Is your it birthday? It is my birthday. It is. Yeah. It is my birthday. I know. It is. We're recording on my birthday. I know. They're not gonna hear this on my birthday though. I know. Sadly, but, but that's just how that rolls. How does it feel to be another year wiser? I don't say uh, another. I feel good. It's you know, you know, like the older you get, it's just like a regular day until you go out. I mean, we went out. And did stuff over the weekend, weekend, so it was like my birthday being dead smack in the middle of the week. It was just like, okay, it's Wednesday, (laughs) boom, tomorrow's work, hey. So, but I did stay home one day with um DJ because he's off of school for the spring break, Easter break. break. Do you feel like the kids get off a lot? I feel like they get off more than we used to. I don't think so. I think they get off just as much. I feel like when I was a kid, my parents said the same thing, like. You know, I, I feel like so. the kids, yeah, don't. So I think it's just like as you work and the more you do, like you start to miss those days. Yeah. And you then do. you feel like you the every time you turn around and get a day off, and you're working, you're just like, wow, they just get so much days, and it's just always, it's always the same days. They get the same holidays. They get all them teacher development days that you used to get when you was a kid. They get all the, you know. Other ethnic holidays. Yeah, they do. The national holidays, the spring breaks, the Christmas breaks. So it's the same. And if you're in high school, regents, if you ain't taking no tests, you stay home. You don't miss those days? I do. Yeah. I really do. It's so, working. Don't hate on the kids. We had it. I don't know. I just feel like they Our have time more is days. Up. It feels like there's more days in September, October that they feel like they don't go to school as much. But either way, it doesn't make a difference. Nah, I mean, they don't. I, I feel what you're saying, but. Look, that was a system we had, and now they have it. Yeah. And now we grown adults, and we just not working. I mean, we are working, and they're not. And, you know, they get the benefits of being children. And shout out to the teachers, too, because they get those days, too. I got a couple of friends that's worked in the, in the, in the um, teaching system, and they've been off at times when the, te- the kids have been off. So, you know, teachers it's a- deserve a lot of kudos because... Number one, New York City teachers are underpaid. They stay with your kids and more than you stay with yeah, your kids. Yeah, exactly. So, and of for course. all that they have to deal with that time when you're away from your child, it's a lot. And yeah. to go home and deal with their own, imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So, imagine 
you know, them getting those days off. It's just like, finally, you stay home with your kids. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So, shout out to the teachers. They get those days. Um, we had a nice weekend. We did. We celebrated my birthday. We it was cool. did, and still celebrating. Like, do you feel like you should, when it's your birthday, go around and tell everybody, hey, it's my birthday, or, you know, just... Let the people who love you and know just come on and tell you. Like, I always feel like I shouldn't go around and go blabbering to everybody as my birthday. If people ask me when's my birthday and I tell them, I tell them, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it happens to be tomorrow, I'll be like, hey, my birthday is tomorrow. I'll tell you mm -hmm. if you're asking about it. But I'm not going to go around putting on social media, tomorrow's my birthday and this, this. And I did um, have a posting of my birthday, the number 32. That was really but, cute. But, um, yeah, it was. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, shout out to DJ. I don't know when it come when I got older. I don't. I think I stopped doing that or hoping that people would remember or just say things at the age of probably seventeen, eighteen. You look it, for it, it. loses luster after a while. I'm like, okay, so. so you, but you do look for those certain happy birthdays from yeah, certain from people. people yeah, 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 yeah. I but do if you don't get them, you it, feel a certain type of way. It sort of ruins my day. Yeah, right. Because then I have to tell you, and please do not call me, text me, say, "Oh, happy belated." Nope, it's done. Said, I don't. I don't want to talk. Oh, to you about don't want to text? Yeah, you're done I with that. That's yeah. not just uh I have to say this year. I mean, of course, you were the first to tell me happy birthday being right next to me. You had the advantage. <laughs> um, my mom called me first, then my dad, then DJ, in that order, um, which was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. Everybody else, you know, I got to speak to my aunts and grandparents and everybody else hit me up. And I was fine with the, with, with the family and stuff. The people you expect to remember that day you know you you just expect that call friends and stuff like that you know it's hard i can understand it's hard for me to keep up with certain birthdays if you're not like i guess like somebody that's been around for years and we've celebrated your birthday for years then i, I expect you to remember my birthday oh, yeah. but um oh yeah you know i don't expect all friends to remember my birthday but there are certain ways of remembering people's social birthdays. media but social then you media, know you but have those then people blocking yeah, 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 their birthdays it's it's i think with birthdays more or less as long as you recognize yourself being born in that day you celebrate it i mean every day should be your birthday because you live and you breathe every oh of course breath, but Definitely. when it comes to your official born day i think that as long as you within yourself celebrate within yourself then everything else really doesn't matter this is true um, we went to Harris Atlantic City. Yeah. As usual, anybody usual. who know us, we're normally in Atlantic City a lot. We've toned it down a lot. We have. Recently. We have. Um, <laughs> and over the time we've been toning it down, it's becoming more and more Sorry. of a... So watch my studio table, what man. my finger? You ain't even start making wait, the... Ow. Look, see, you look. You didn't give me a time chance. Out, time out. <laughs> I didn't give you a chance. <laughs> She ain't say ow until I started complaining about her hitting the table. Anyway, it's like Harris or Atlantic City is becoming more and more of a dump in itself. Like we had what I would call um couples retreat, bunch of couples. We all went out to Atlantic City for the birthday. It was about four couples. I can count on here and about four couples since eight people. Nine, probably more than that there. Yeah, because it was people came in. Yeah, people came, yeah. So it was cool. Um, had a great time, but um, shout out to my little brother. If those of you guys don't know, my little brother was on the podcast yes, earlier in the season, 31st Dre. He came out, him and his lovely lady Victoria came out, and um, they got to Atlantic City before we did. And first and foremost, let me just 
tell everybody this now. If you are in New York City and you are a person that goes to Atlantic City and you do the Greyhound bus service, let you know now they're no longer doing buy your ticket and first come, first serve. No, buy your ticket is time specific now. So whatever time you buy the bus ticket for, you have to ride that bus there. And whatever time you buy that bus ticket for going back, you have to ride the bus that going back. That, that is um, as of April 1st, yeah. 2019. So, yeah, it was a hassle getting to Atlanta City. Nonetheless, my little brother found the way. He got there faster than me. By the time me and Honey here got to Atlantic City, oh. my brother came to tell me that he had to get his room switched. Right. Because um, Tom wasn't around and Jerry was yeah, running Jerry, a a loose. Few, a few Jerry's. A few Jerry's. It was a few Jerry's. Multiple. He said two. Two. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like it was Ratatouille in there. <laughs> so, no. yeah. Um, those of you don't know what I'm saying, there were two mice inside my brother's room inside Atlantic City. Um, Harris. Now, we really, really love but this. But you really should say, okay, not saying each tower is different because it is. But it, it one and the same because when we was in the newer tower, with, what the renovated tower, baby, we saw what um, roaches. Yeah, you can, but, you can and, say it. No, baby. I'm saying I'm trying to remember roaches, and that was a baby. Yeah. And then they was in uh, another tower. Which, I'm sorry. It was the Bayview the roaches was in. And where was the mice in which tower? The marina. The marina. Now they was on the top floor, so each tower is different. Look, but it I'm doesn't not with explain that. it. Every tower is different. It's one building. Let's all let's all look. They travel. Let's get it right. They travel. Um, all rodents travel, and it was sickening to hear that you know that was the way to start off the yeah, birthday weekend. It like, kind of you know had everybody all in a in a tizzy. Like oh my we God. made we made we made jokes of it. Yeah, fun. You, you have know, to. We, I mean, people drop crumbs on the floor. You would you know make sure you sleep with one eye open type <laughs> of joke. So. It was, it was Nonetheless, nice. it was the rest spirits, after that yeah. was a great weekend. We had a blast. Shout out to everybody who came out and showed love for the B-Day weekend. Or whether you just wanted to get away for the weekend and you just happened to be there for my birthday weekend. And Thank you. We have to get like a small little shout out or a special little shout out to Tanya and Andre. Shout out to Tanya and Andre. I just want to shout out everybody. But no, I'm saying in particular. I'm not saying everybody because everybody was great. Love we good. met a lovely, lovely couple. That's why. In the um, Dominican Republic, and we've grown um, mm -hmm. a relationship with this couple over the last couple of months. It hasn't been long, so the relationship is still growing. So shout out to them. They came out and um, celebrated. You know, first time that we all celebrated That's anything right. together on U.S. soil. So yeah. that was cool. Um, shout out to everybody again. But um, um, it was cool. It was cool. Fat Man Scoop. Great time. Fat Man Scoop. I hope everybody saw that picture. That's right. I didn't post it on both sides. No. I'm going to put that picture up one of these days um, so you guys can see. We got into some basketball this week. Good games. Good games. Um, everybody is talking about the, you know, OKC versus Portland closeout game. <laughs> Shout out to Dane. Lillard. Lillard. Yeah. I wanted to say Damien Dame Time Lillard. You can. Damien Dame Time Lillard. Hello. Shout out to him. Because well this brother has been working his tail off to get where he is. He is killing the game right now. And killed I mean, it. like, he killed it. He killed it. Like, all right, all right. So everybody knows about the buzzer beater right now. Mm -hmm. By now, the 50 piece that he put up. And he's doing this all against Russell Westbrook. So. Um, um. 
And, well, and oh yeah, Paul George got Paul some George. too. He's 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 on paraphernalia for the rest <laughs> of Dame Time's career. Like that's what it is. So you know, shout out to him. He's a multiple All Star. Um, he has multiple buzzer beaters in the playoffs yeah. already. So this is the first time he's done this. Um, he hit the thirty-seven footer. I'm looking at the numbers. It was thirty-seven feet over Paul George. At the buzzer to send them, and he did the bye bye. He did that all that. That was like, like the icing. He on the was cake. the meme. That of was the, the cherry week. on top. Yeah. It was everybody's mood during the yeah. week. We were up watching this game live. I was like, babe. It was all. Like, as the game rolled Yo, babe, over into my birthday. Like, yeah, I jumped off like, the bed because I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I told you. I told oh, yeah. you. Yeah, no, because I said I told him. He was bringing the ball up the floor. I told her they're not calling timeout. It's Dane time. Yeah. And he hit that shot. So that was exciting. Shout out to him. Now, the big horse in the room is um Russell Westbrook. Now I know you guys have been seeing how Russell has been responding to the media, how Russell has been acting on the court after scoring simple baskets that anybody in the league can hit. Um, not gonna take nothing away from this guy because he plays hard, he works hard. Three straight seasons, averaging a triple double. Right. Um, but his arrogance is catching up with him, and I can't. I, I think it kind of dawned on me when he was dissing the reporter, and I can't remember the dude's name. Every time the dude asked a question, he said, "What?" I don't next question. So every time he said next question, yeah. So my thing about this whole situation, you know, Russell Russell Westbrook defeated his Russell who Russell Westbrook. Okay. Defeated his own self. His talking gets himself out. He actually talks himself out the game as opposed to lifting him up and pushing him through the game. I think one of the things is he just talks too much. He needs to sometimes just mellow it down, be humble, and keep it moving. All this back and forth stuff is the result of that game against um, Portland. Like, they literally shut them down. Yeah. Um, he had a horrible shooting series. I'm looking at the numbers. And they compared his shooting to Allen Iverson's mm. shooting. And now everybody know Allen Iverson is a Hall of Famer. Um, made it to one NBA Finals, which Russell has done. Made it to one NBA Finals. Um, but now everybody's saying, you know, Russell, you, you can't win with Russell. Russell, I wouldn't put Russell and AI in the same breath. Because, like, Russell, when he made his Finals run, run he had KD. He had um, James Harden, Serge Ibaka. You know they had they had a squad. You know what I'm saying. So they made it to the finals like that. Um, Allen Iverson took the 76ers in 2001 with Aaron McKee, um, Snow, Dikembe Mutombo, George Lynch. I think he was injured. Um, it was just Allen Iverson by himself carrying teams to the finals. I don't think you can compare, like you could compare the numbers, but the characters of the of the basketball player mm-hmm. is totally opposite. I feel like Allen Iverson was always a leader. Um, since K- KD has left OKC, Russell Westbrook is now four and twelve. I would love to have been the fly in the wall when if KD actually watched the game in the playoffs. Watched the game and saw what happened to him. I don't think KD has to watch him anymore. I think he already knows like, what two type of person finals, he is anyway. You got two. I mean, let me look. See, I want to get the basketball and the type of person thing separated because 
He's probably a great guy. Oh, probably yeah. awesome. But you know, basketball changed people. Um, the media, the the you know, the lights and everything, it changes people. So maybe he gained this over time because I don't always remember. I always remember him playing this hard and always having this, you know, I'm a I'm a kill it, you know, go hard regardless kind of attitude since he's been in the league. But now it's just like arrogant, you know, he rocking the baby anytime he make a play. And, you know, I saw one meme when Jane, um <laughs> when Dame was rocking him, you know. Yeah. So then he gets destroyed by Dame, destroyed five games straight, destroyed like. I think he had one good game over Dame. Mm-hmm. So four games destroyed him and then drops a 50-piece and drops a buzzer beater to end it. So now Russell's um, legacy is in trouble. OKC going to have to figure out a lot of things in this offseason. They need to pick up somebody else or do something else with Russell, with Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Like this whole... Russell Westbrook. What did I say? I don't know. Like you get tongue-tied. I said Russell Westbrook. No, you see, now you say it clearly because I had to put you on the spot. I said Russell. An, an, pronunciate. Correction. Enunciate. Correction. Russell Are you sweating on air? What yeah, is going on? Oh, my gosh. It's probably because it's warm in here. We don't it's have, not. I'm not, I'm not sweating. But you're always cooling down. I'm always hot. I'm always the first person to sweat. Anyway. Okay. We're going to um <laughs> take a quick break. Go into this um sponsor real quick, this ad. Yeah. Yeah, this is Both Sides with DJ. And honey. Be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Both Sides with DJ and Honey Podcast. Thank you to that add that sponsor yeah um this weekend we watched someone great Is yeah that, that's the name of someone name great of starring lakeith stanfield i know i like him he's from ato and gina rodriguez and gina and rodriguez she was pretty Jane funny the virgin she was, looked yeah yeah okay now i remember now yeah I remember. that's i'm like now I remember. Why you ain't tell me? me work with me you, Before, with you me. ain't tell me no she looked dumb familiar yeah that's what i yeah. kept on saying Babe, she looks really she kind of like Ugly Betty too a little bit. That's who I originally thought she was, but then I had to but put Ugly it... Betty. That's too far back. I mean, Ugly Betty was a great show. I used to love Ugly Betty. I only watched a few. few it was a great show. Ugly Betty. They should bring back Ugly Betty. Really? It is hot in here. I don't I told know why. You. It ain't it's, just it's, you. I told you. I thought you was going through some stuff. No. I'm about to say it's not that time not yet. yet. I was gonna say that too. It's not Honey, that time child. yet. But you like dripping. Like you got like Jerry Girl juice going down I your do? face. Oh lordy. You are so dramatic. Oh, am I? You are so dramatic. You don't understand. You're like an actress. Oh, I should sometime. be. I should be. I should be. The world is my stage and I'm going to keep walking. Let's go. Um, <laughs> Move it along. <laughs> now you guys see what I got to deal with because this isn't on air. This is like her on the regular craziness. Oh. So back to um, yeah, Someone Great. You watched that this weekend. You want to give Which a was a good show. Uh, a little synopsis. Um, basically... Um, Gina Rodriguez's character is a young lady who is a writer. A mus- yeah, musical, a mus- journalist. A writer. She's a writer, a journalist, um, a compositionist. I don't know what you what you want to. I don't know. She writes in. She in, is in a music notepads. journalist. A music journalist. She writes about music, <laughs> and um, 
She is in love with this young man, who's Lakeith Stansfield's character, for some time through college, through their adulthood, and um, they go through the growing pains and stuff together. And she gets a major job offer, California, on the brinks of the breakup yeah, of their um, relationship, mm-hmm. and he ends it with her. Yeah, he dumps her. Yeah, he dumps her because I guess the relationship isn't working. Right. Yeah. So. Throughout the movie, they're flashing back to the relationship, the happy times to what led to the breakup. Well, not really what led to it. They didn't really go into a lot of detail, but they just kept giving you snapshots of different places she remembered their relationship it, until it met with the point when they broke up. So throughout the movie, she's just chilling with her girls, yeah, dealing with the breakup, drinking booze, um, going to the clubs, going to events, um, you know... Girl yeah, stuff. Just girl stuff from a breakup. What you do besides eating and watching TV? They did an adventure, a one night adventure out in New York. And, and yeah, they were the whole thing was shot in New York, I believe. Great. Washington Square Park was yeah, a nice we monument. Yeah, we do recommend re- um, recognize that that mount. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing it. Why are you looking like you want to cut me or something? Don't give it. Don't cut your eyes at me. Washington Square Park was very um, monumental in the movie. Um, but we thought, well, I thought it was a great movie. I liked it. You really stood up for that movie and watched it. It was awesome. No, it was a good movie. It I don't was. remember, when, when did we watch it? It was like midday. So. It popped up one day. I don't fall asleep on a movie unless it's in the nighttime. Um, it's interesting watching that movie and the way, I guess, that set of women, because it was two, two women, one grows in a relationship, um, the main character, Gina Rodriguez character, was the one who was dealing with the breakup. Mm-hmm. And then another person who was a lesbian. Yeah. And she they were was, all best friends. Yeah. One was scared of commitment. One right. was too committed. And, and one just got out of the relationship. Right. So they're all dealing with the breakup. And, you know, the one breakup, and they're all breaking up or dealing with their issues during this one breakup and having fun, being gross, drinking booze. What is one way you can remember dealing with a breakup got you through? Any habit you picked up? Anything you and the homies got into? Well, I think I can move this no. I, I don't know. When I, did my, when I had my breakups, I was either, I got to, I didn't really do much. I either actually cleaned a lot more. For like two three days or i'll just go out for a little bit but nothing like extreme you like go that. out with people or like because you know i mean i didn't know you through no break well no like go rollerblading not like with people people because i don't know like so was that like your you time you use it as you yeah time. for me to reflect to make sure it wasn't just me and you know i think that's i get caught up in like that just to make sure i think with me and honestly speaking if i'm dealing with a breakup i feel like i'm always involved deeply in a relationship to the point where I feel like I've missed out on the world during mm-hmm. the relationship. I normally would like to go out drinking with the fellas, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. Maybe a couple of vacation with the boys, catching up with family that you ain't really, you know, been around so much because you've been in a relationship and stuff like, you know, different things you just try to 
Definitely, definitely more drinking. So that's one thing I think I could relate to in the movie. They were doing it too heavily, freely, but it's a movie, so I guess you could. That's do one those thing things. I didn't do. I just try to surround myself with positive vibes, and hopefully, the same somebody within the group that I was either chatting with, they didn't actually was going through the same thing because that wouldn't work. Well, how way. like? I think one thing for me a lot when I was younger, I used to realize things like when I was in a relationship, girls would come after me a lot more while you're in a relationship of course so i would like keep that list written down so when i get out the relationship i'm like oh that's so wicked it's wicked but you want to know what's even more wicked that's wicked don't none of them girls want you anymore once you out the relationship of course not it's so yeah i learned that a long time ago that it was just in it to be a part of whatever they saw you enjoying with another girl so that was something i used to do definitely you feel like Sex is important after, like dealing with a breakup. Do you feel like you got to jump into the bedroom fast, or did you feel like that was something, or did you feel like you had to keep your confidence to yourself? Like, do you have to? Have to to be honest, like- no, I didn't feel like I had to jump in the bed with anyone. I, okay, me in particular, I didn't have to because nine to the ten, I know how to please myself, and I'm saying this very lightly. Can we say that? Oh. You said it already. Oh well. Anyway, I don't think that, for me, I didn't want to jump into the bed with anybody. And no, it wasn't like, oh, we're going through. No, it wasn't like that. I just didn't feel the need because I felt like in that aspect, I felt like even though mentally I was already trying to recuperate, my body would still be on a rebound. Yeah. Like being horny, especially when you're not with somebody for a minute. Yeah, that's dangerous. No way. I see anytime I dealt with a breakup, I don't know. Like, like my, I felt like my body was disconnected from my, you know, like like I wasn't connected mm-hmm. to my body. So if I did things like right after a breakup, like it wasn't emotionally tied. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, just get this out Relief. the way. Relief kind of, yeah. yeah. Like not saying, oh, get out the way. Like I don't, you know, <laughs> like sex. But I'm saying like, it was just like more like, oh, all right, I'm good. I got that out the way. There's no emotional tie. Keep it going. But then it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't ever the greatest because there was no emotional time. So I never really, to say like, I never rushed to jump back in. Like I didn't rush to jump back in. I just kept probably like going. Mm-hmm. Like the energy. Yeah, yeah, I just kept it going, but with no emotional tie. So it was just like, a, you know, it wasn't important. It was just like, whatever. If it come, it come, it didn't, it like... didn't. Unless there was an emotional tie to it. I don't know if you get me. I, don't I do. I but think I feel like I'm talking man right now. No, I get it. But yeah, wake him up. Mikey. But, but I think one of the things about that is, don't you feel like, don't you get tired? Like, because well, you're overworking saying, because yourself because you're still trying to recuperate from the breakup. Yeah. You're still trying to be that outgoing person. But how do you recoup? The only way to recuperate from a breakup is to not emotionally tie yourself to anybody else. Do you feel like sex is always an emotionally tied thing? I don't think that's a solution. I think it tends tends to be a tie. I feel like two humans in in the world that we live in now, some people just got to have it. Get it off. Yeah, but... Get it off. Okay, so let me just ask this question. After, like, a supposed breakup, how long do you wait to have sex? Like, if you was to go... Let's just say you... If I was in love? No, how long do you wait to have sex? If I was in love, I'm asking. Is that the circumstance? If I was just in love with that person... Well, you're in a relationship, like, 
if I was in a relationship in love with a, I'm, I'm least trying to fight and get them back and see if there's something we can reconcile for a couple of months. Okay. If um, you said if, reconcile for a couple of months. That's how long I'm gonna be trying, oh, trying. for. Yeah. Okay. Before I go out and start, I right, going out and chilling and running around town with my boys and mm-hmm. doing the things I did when I was single. Mm-hmm. Then that way I'm gonna put myself. If I if you're not responding, if it, if we're not going out to dinner, we're not trying to talk it out. Blah blah. If those things is cut off and you just don't want to talk to me, I got to do something to keep my mind off of you. I got to. Especially if I'm the one that want to reconcile and you don't, I got to do something. Now, if it's vice versa, if she want to reconcile and I don't, you know, I, I lay her off easy, but I'm going to do me. See, I think I, 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 I harsh know, when it comes to that. You know, everybody's harsh. I feel like everybody has a reason to want to break up with somebody whether it's to want to be in another relationship with somebody else to follow a dream whether you just want your own space Mm -hmm. there is a reason behind every breakup there is not you know a breakup that goes on without some kind of selfish reason with that person doing it you know what i'm saying if i break up with you and i go be with the next girl I didn't, I was being selfish. I didn't, I, if I broke up with you and took three, four months off and then, you know what I'm saying? Then that's less self. That's not selfish. But if I break up with you and next thing you know, you go on my Facebook, like this is back in the day when I was going to Facebook <laughs> and then you see I'm in, a new, I'm in a new relationship with the next chick. I was just breaking up with you to get with the next chick. That's being selfish. That's a selfish breakup. That's not, that's, yeah, that's mean intention. There's intent behind that. There's, you know, Personal, selfish. There's, there's yeah, thought mm-hmm. behind that. So I mean, there's different circumstances for that. Okay. Yeah, I like to break things. You know, I like to talk. That's why there's mics in front of us. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Both sides was DJ and Honey podcast. Act like you know. You feel like sex is important in a relationship. This is. I think yeah. it is, and I think it isn't. It's a 50-50. Okay. Because I say, one thing about it is, let's just say you meet the greatest person in the world. Y'all want to have sex, but it's not all that great. Do you leave that person? Do you not want to be with that person? Because I always say, just like a person is beautiful, if that person you get was beautiful, then something drastically happened, God forbid, and it, it, it makes that person either what they call deformed or they just lack something. Do you leave that person because of that? I think people get so much involved in certain things that I think they lose the lust of the, the, the substance of what a relationship could be or should be without all the extra. That's true. I hear what you're saying. You got a lot going on in this show. Yeah. Got a special guest calling on to the line. Um, same gentleman, if you guys were listening in the beginning of the episode, Brian Scartosi. Yes. Will be here. I will probably be chopping up the name all throughout the interview. That's probably the only time I'm going to get it right. Brian Scartosi. See? Brian Scartosi. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> so he'll be on the line with us next. Brian is a fabulous um, genius and hardworking musician. I follow him on Instagram. I see all his hard work. He'll be joining us, letting us know all about his um, journey to soul music, um, all his Sing trials and tribulations. Yes, oh yes. My gosh. And wait till you guys um, hear him sing. Yeah, he, yes. Um, as you guys could have heard in the beginning of the Acapella. episode. Yes, this man is um, a genius. So we're going to go right into this. Add another one, another one, and then we'll <laughs> be right one. back with Brian. This is both sides with DJ and Honey Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Andrea Rachel, and I'm on both sides with DJ and Honey. Check them out. Yeah.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Both Sides with DJ and Honey podcast. Um, we have another guest yes. on the line. We have Brian Scartosi in the building. I am here. What's going on, Brian? Oh, uh, just living, living the good life out in Austin. Hey, hey nice day that one. Thank you for joining um, the podcast with us. Now, just let everybody know where you're from. I was born and raised in uh, Hamilton Square, New Jersey, but I've been out here in Austin, Texas, uh, surviving out here about 13 years. Okay. For those of you guys who don't know who Brian is, Brian is a musician, artist, and he's been doing his thing for some years now. You guys need to definitely check out his stuff on Instagram um, and all these other platforms. Definitely been doing his thing and definitely caught my eye. Brian, really, really enjoy the work that you're doing. Definitely. Well, thank you very much. That means, uh, it really means the world to me. I mean, that's, uh, it's nice to feel some traction, you know, because I have been doing it a while, but the, it, it took me this long to kind of get maybe comfortable uh, doing the solo thing, doing myself. And uh, right. it, it's the first time it's really worked for me. Yeah, because you was on what, you was um, featuring with um, bands of, uh, from Austin Heat and Blind Lead the Blind, correct? Yeah, I'd always uh, been frontman for bands, and that just kind of took a while, I guess. To you gotta, you know, that the chips had to fall into the right place, I guess. And I found myself. It was about. I took a year to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in general, and um, didn't make any music really. And uh, I found out that that wasn't going to work. So when I came back out, it was just this, this time. It's me, and uh, this is the most traction I've ever caught. This is it's getting good now. Was it something that you always wanted to do was be a solo artist or just the way that, you know, the chips fell? Yeah, it, it is. Um, I'd always, you know, I'd, growing up, I loved, uh, I mean, I, I did love, you know, I was drawn to the, the solo artists and the sing singers. It was always singers. Right. Um, but, you know, I moved out. I didn't move to Austin for any kind of, you know, artistic purpose or anything like that. I moved to Austin because my uh, girlfriend at the time, was moving to Austin and she called me uh, halfway through her trip. I wasn't going to come with her, but she called me halfway through the trip uh, and told me she was pregnant. So it was, oh, uh, wow. that was my, my ticket to Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> what a ticket. What a ticket. Oh, yeah. So what made you get into retro soul? Well, again, that's my whole life. Um, when I was a kid, it was just, I was drawn. I grew, you know, I grew up in Jersey and out here I found that the, the radio, you know, not, not that anybody, you know, the radio is kind of a dying thing, but uh, I just feel like the oldie station up in Jersey was, uh, it, it was always on, but the one, it was based out of Philly. Now the ones I listened to, I think were based out of Philly and they would play Sam Cooke and they played the Drifters. Oh yeah. Play, uh, you know, the Temptations and uh, just these, these the voices drew me in from the start. And it wasn't only the voices, it was, the arrangements behind them, you know, there was always lush string arrangements and the horn, horn stabs. And, uh, everything was everything was um, just layered so perfectly around the voices, and then the voices were legendary and incredible. So much so that you know, people still talk about Sam Cooke, and oh, they always will. So I was always drawn to that, and that's what even when I was, uh, you know, before I'd gone solo. I mean, this is I'd always been me. <laughs> it's uh, it's just. Until I went solo, it wasn't that I had branded myself that way and said, you know, this is uh, this is who I am. This is what I've got. This is why I'm here. This is what I want to. Uh, th these are the 
shoulders I'm trying to rub now, you know, I'm trying to rub shoulders with Sam Cook. I'm trying to stand next to the greats. And if I can't do that, I mean, at least I want to be a, I just feel like people want more of that. Right. I respect it so much because when I hear you, it takes me back to those songs that are so like classical and can't be like ever forgotten. Like I think about the times when I was young, when I was young, those are the type of songs. Those are all I knew. I listened to it with my grandma, yeah. whether it was my mom, you know, playing the oldies on a Sunday, like those things make you feel like home, more homeish. You know, those are the records that just really hits the heart for, for me anyway. Yes, sir. Exactly. I think like that type of singer also gives substance. Like you, they have it now, but when a person can actually tell a story through a song and really grasp the attention of the audience and make them, and make them have that vision of being that part of the song, it gives it such a great like you know a well-being of understanding. Yeah, it 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 hits straight to the chest. It's mm -hmm. it's, medicine. it's medicine at that point, and uh, you know I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, heal people. As best I can, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to take five minutes to do it either. I feel like two and a half minutes, three minutes. Right. You know, if you need more, hit repeat. You you you're, you're definitely gonna heal some people, and you're definitely gonna cause some um some mistakes for people <laughs> with all those things as well. So my bring some more people. Definitely doing your job. <laughs> uh, I don't have a problem with that either. Yeah. How hard is it when you're doing a live? performance as opposed to doing a recording and how how how's that transition when you do that because you sound great live as well as in recording but always wondered how does that transition work and which one do you prefer better or do you you really it doesn't really bother you either or i love both i love both and they are different uh i love both for different reasons too when i'm in the recording studio i do i got i kind of have this uh there's this sense that whatever you do there that day can live a lot longer than you can if you do it right. And so you kind of get yourself into a, um, it's a different state, you know, a different state of mind. Whereas if I'm, if it's live, then uh, it's more here and now. And what I do tonight is going to matter here and now, maybe not tomorrow, but like I, I'm going to make sure they remember everything I did here tonight. And it's more of a, I think uh, it's more, more, more spiritually, um involved in the recording studio and more just from the heart maybe um live you know because live you're looking you're looking at people in the eyes and they, you know people get up and dance and they're really letting them you know things get loose and uh that my party to facilitate so i've got to kind of get into a different a different way i love both though and i i look forward to doing both as much as i can for the rest of my days nice that's cool, man. Is there anything like do you have your family? Is there anything behind your music that has to do anything personally? I, I think that, yeah, uh, especially here now that I'm writing with my name on the record on the records. Um, I, I want to make sure that I choose my words carefully. <laughs> so things like Just Peachy, um, there was a time during that that hiatus I'd taken towards the end of it. Um, just didn't have my things in order. I, I, was as much as I was trying it's you know you get caught in ruts and things like that and one thing that had happened was I was uh thrown uh, <laughs> to make a long story short I had the I had a show and I think it was in I, I I was in New York and then I came home for one day and had to fly back out to uh Clovis New Mexico um and I was driving on uh suspended license I don't know I just wasn't oh, supposed wow. to drive 
I wanted to take my money from New York, put it in the bank so that I could Uber when I got to New Mexico. And uh, they got me and they threw me in jail. And so oh, I did man. make the, I ended up making the gig. I made New Mexico. But when I got back, I, you know, I wasn't driving. I had to walk everywhere. And it was just on top of everything else that was going on. It was just, I was hurting. Uh, and so I'm, I'm walking everywhere and, you know, in maybe an hour commute from one place to another, I was on a walk and I just, I started to get the melody for Just Peachy. And it's, uh, you know, so then the words came, I wasn't born on my back. And I'm not written to lose. My skin is deeper than all of my scars and tattoos. My soul stays clean, although my brain's soaked in booze. But today I wake up without even hitting the snooze. And uh, <laughs> I felt like that was it. You know, I, that that's it came to me very quickly. And uh, so there's layers of real life within all of that. But at the end of the day, I want to, you know, I don't want. I don't want to spell out my story with such broad uh, brushstrokes that people can't relate to that themselves. I want people to be able to make, you know, whatever I was thinking when I sang those words, that's somebody else could have a completely different interpretation and they're just as right as I am. Right, right. I feel, I feel like most great artists always have a story like you just gave just now. Always have something that just push them to do something great and just peachy is great like i've listened to it plenty of times or watch i watched the, the video, video plenty of times <laughs> i'm like yo i'm like i'm like looking at it i'm just like it just gives you that whole vibe and congrats on that record that's a really really nice and classy record bro thank you very much yeah i want to i just want to keep pushing in that direction and uh that's the vibe that i mean that's why i'm here in the first place that's uh that's where I want to take the listener. I think that there's a lot of that old, uh, just that old feel. Like I, I, people want more of that. I think that there should be, there should be more of that in the air. I think there's an audience for it, and I'm trying to find them, and I hope they find me. They find you. They yeah. definitely find you for sure. You were on, you were on <laughs> The Voice, right? I was, yes, in tw in 2012. How how was that whole experience, and how you felt like you evolved to who you are now from it? Well, it was, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. So that was 2012. Um, I had moved to Austin in, I think 2007 and I'd only been making music as, uh, as a serious thing since maybe 2010. So that's about two years in. And, uh, man, if I'd have, if I'd have known then what I know now, I think that oh, I would have gotten man. a completely different experience out there. But at the same time, if, if, if I'd have done that, if it wouldn't have worked out the way that it did, I don't know that I'd be able to do it the way I'm doing it now. And I, I sure like that. It was a crazy time. It really was. Would you consider doing something like that again? Or are you happy in your space right now? I, uh, it's, it's tough. I, I you know, my, my gut, I want to say that I would rather not, I want, I'd like to say that I would like to leave that alone and just try and carve mm -hmm. this out. Yeah. on my own now and in the way that I'm doing it and see how I can get it without that um, without sounding negative like it's kind of you know uh, almost like a steroid you know? I'm, I'm trying to get right, right. trying to get my gains naturally right now but it's, it's <laughs> tough to say that if uh, the right opportunity came along that I, I don't want I wouldn't want to make a hypocrite of myself and say that I no, under no circumstances would I do that um, so you know, I, I I'll leave myself just I'll leave that door just cracked open just a little bit, but uh, I'm happy to see how this works, um, just you know, under my own blood, sweat, and tears. 
you how much thought goes into picking your band do you have one band that you work with or is it multiple bands you've worked with um i've got multiple bands multiple uh band members anyway i've got okay. uh, yeah right because I, I i again one one of the downsides to being a front man for a band was you know if i'm uh if I'm able to do it, but the, the bass player can't make it or the guitar player can't make it keys mm. like that, you know, the band ain't going to be there. But in this, in this, um, in this way, I can, I can take whatever opportunities, uh, you know, that, that I really want to without having to worry too much because I've got uh, a really great group of musicians around me now. And um, if I've got like <laughs> a roster and mm. everybody knows that everybody knows how to play it everybody kind of brings a, a flavor to it and so the shows are always interesting it's really uh it's i was wondering about that because it, as far as like you saying you know you have a roster of people that you can pick and choose with. they all have different sounds so how do you know or go about picking when you're about to say i'm going to do this song and i want this set of people how do you go about transitioning all that into creating your your story through your song that's that's the process i'm still learning now because it's uh it's still relatively new to me to do it this way. Um, but I, I feel like it's tough to lose um, with the guy. I've, I've practiced the set with everyone and everybody's got their own way to do it. As far as the recordings go, I've been using the same guys for all of those up to this point because I feel like I want to, eventually this will be one album and I'd like for it to have that kind of continuity. Um, yeah. The live you know, you got you got your, your one drummer that's kind of a powerhouse, and you, you got your other that's uh, got a little bit more finesse. I mean, if yeah. I'm playing a gig that's going to be on a, you know, if it's like a listening room where people are going to be mostly sitting down or a theater or something like that, you know, you'd want to use the the finesse guy. If you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a show where people are going to be sweating through their clothes and falling down over each other, <laughs> use the powerhouse. Just things like that. I try and be smart about it as best I can, and then a lot of it is. Uh, you know, it's it's like herding cats. Sometimes you know you got to, you know, you get uh, get lucky. Sometimes, who can make it? Who's got something this day? Who's got something that day? So, as far as picking like your venues and stuff like that, are you like a one man team, or do you have a team within itself that actually helps you? Even though you you're doing this all solo, about, but do you have other people as a team helping you? For real, like the videographers and all yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of that uh, responsibility still is falling on my shoulders, but I'm trying to keep a team around me. I'm trying to, uh, I feel like I'm getting to the point now where things like booking shows and, and getting back to emails and things like that is, is getting kind of hard to do on top of, you know, the actual, the grunt work, writing songs and practicing. And so, uh, but for the most part, that's, that's mostly me still. Um, you know, I, I, of course, I'm not video. I'm not the videographer, but I got <laughs> I've got to find them. And, right. Of course. Kind of put it all together. How yeah, do you manage? How do you manage um, family time and all of that? Uh, my well, my my kids are. Uh, they've grown up with me striving and striving and striving so now that my daughter's about to be 13 in a, less than a month and my son is about to be 10 yeah. they've uh they're happy to see how well things are going but they've they've seen it all so much at this point it's like oh yeah why well, you got another show no big deal it's almost <laughs> to them it's so nonchalant you know they're not even worried about it. i'll be i could be on stage just 
you know, sweating through my suit, my shoes breaking because I'm doing. I saw that. I saw that on the <laughs> gram. I was like, he's bust. I was like, look, baby's busting through his shoes. <laughs> Tore it right in half. Oh man, that goes to the hard work. Any any of the kids inspiring to sing or yeah. they just? Oh wow, you know it's funny. Uh, they seem. It seems like the talents have split between the two of them. Uh, my daughter, <laughs> my daughter, uh, won't. She's not going to come right out and sing in front of you or anything like that. But every once in a while, you hear her singing along with the radio, or you'll catch her and you know, mm. just in a room with it. And I can hear it. She's got it. She's got the gift. Okay. Uh, but she's kind of shy, so she's not she's not gonna go out. But then my son is a uh, he's an entertainer. He's a character. He joined his his school's I think it was third grade talent show, and he won. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that he could sing quite yet, but he man, he was doing. He did a little spin. I had him. He, I bought him a suit. He had a blue suit and some white <laughs> shoes. And he put That's his awesome. glasses on. Yeah. He won the whole thing. Nice. Look, you gotta be able to perform too. Maybe the voice will come a little bit. Were you shy yeah, exactly. when you first started? Was I what? Was you ever shy when you first started singing? Oh, in, I was proud shy of for years. I was. Okay. I was shy for years and years and years. Um, I. Uh, it it took a while to kind of break out of it. I knew that by middle school, I knew that I could sing because um, I'd moved from New Jersey to Maryland in. Uh, in middle school and when i got when i was the new kid it was like you know i was quarantined i was the new kid nobody wanted to talk to the new kid but then i i would you know for somehow i ended up singing like i don't know what it was my girl or let's get it on or something on the school bus and then all of a sudden the girls heads turned it was like oh <laughs> finally i got something and yeah. so i knew that that's when i knew that my, I, I started to take the singing a little bit more seriously like it wasn't something that i should just I mean, I always loved it. My whole life, I'd, I'd love doing it. But it, it was around middle school that I realized it was maybe a skill I could develop. The actual stage stage presence and, and being comfortable on stage, that took a minute. Why? As, as far as, like, project, oh, getting used to just seeing? Because I know some people have stage fright. So did you have stage, stage fright when you first came on doing this? Or it was one of those things, like, I can do this. I don't see the people. I just see it. Just... Yeah, no, well, I, what? How did you go about getting over that? Well, it was repetition is how I how I ended up getting over it, and and yeah, it was, the first times I found myself on stage, uh, I was so happy to be there and happy to be singing, um, but to actually perform them, that was a little, that was a little scary. So I, I would try and throw the moves in there. I always I felt like I had it all together in my brain, and then when it was time to actually get out on stage. Uh, it, 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 a lot of um I, I bet you it didn't look as bad as it felt in my mind mm-hmm. i feel like uh if you were out in the audience that night you'd have thought oh he's doing you know he's he's Killing fine me. but in my brain i'm like <laughs> like oh lord i certainly <laughs> hope that uh, this is coming off well it was it took me a minute to get comfortable in my own skin and now i can whew, you put me in a room anywhere, I could sing in front of the entire earth and, and feel happy because I feel like that's my calling. That's what I'm here for. But uh, it took a while to just kind of break through it. And I think the only way to break through it was to just keep doing it and doing it. And, you know, people's response was always encouraging. Has there ever been a time where the response were encouraging, where you had to just build yourself back up? Like, look, I know this is something I'm supposed to do. I gotta, you know, get back on that stage and kill it. I feel like that—that's something that happens every now and again, just naturally. It's uh, and if it isn't, 
you know, there's, you're always running things through your head. Like, uh, you're, you know, you're only as good as your last performance and all that. And so you could be in any kind of funky mood and get out there and uh, you got to power through that. I'm building myself back up. <laughs> I'd say quarterly. <laughs> you got to, I've got to always make sure that my heart is, is in it and that, um, what I'm doing, that I'm, that I'm following the right path. I don't want to stray too far from, you know, I, I feel like if I was going to go out there and do something or do it as a shell of myself or something like that, I'd rather just stay at home. And so, uh, right. and I tried, that. I tried to just stay at home and not do it. And it wasn't, that just wasn't going to work for me. So I've got to make sure that when I go out there, I'm always getting closer and closer to presenting myself uh, as honestly as I can. And that's why doing it now as my, as myself uh, doing the solo thing, it's, it's made it a lot easier and maybe even a little harder just because I've got to always make sure that I'm on point and uh, that I'm, that I'm being true to myself. Right. So is there ever a time where you had like a complete writer's block or singer's block? I don't know what you want to call it at the time, but is there any time that you have or still once in a while you do have it? How do you pick yourself out to find out, to get out of that, that, that particular isolation of not feeling like you're moving or be able to write something with content? Yeah, well, writing, it's, uh, it, it kind of, that's the, that's the cycle that goes in with me. It's almost that I kind of expect the writer's block to come. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have this burst of, um, creative energy and all of a sudden there'll be two, three songs to play with. And that'll, then I'll, you know, I'll bring them to my guitar player and we'll, we'll get those worked up. And then, uh, two, three more will come because I'm feeling good about those. And then it's time to record those and polish them up and, you know, get the album art ready and get the videos ready and do all that. And during that process, I'm not writing much of anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm all wrapped up in these songs that I've already, that I'm already working on. And kind of the only way to get back into the creative uh, brain for me is to kind of get those out, get those out off my chest and let them do what they're going to do. And then I can kind of release them and, uh, breathe a little bit and then all of a sudden something new will come to me and then okay so it comes in waves first there's the, the writing process and, and the crafting up of the song and then then you actually have to make the product then you've got to build it and record it and have have make whatever version it is is going to live forever do that one and eventually uh, i'll be able to get back into the, the writing brain i feel like i'm kind of slipping back into it right now now that i put out my third single i've got to uh, I've got some new things coming. That's cool. So is there like a process, like when you're in the crib and you're, you're writing songs, do you bring like songs to your, to your family and stuff? Like, do what do you guys think? You know what I'm saying? Like, or is that something you just discuss with yourself? I usually keep it pretty close to the chest until I've got it, until I've got it. Um, okay. At least to the point where I know, uh, where I, if I'm, if I were to sing it for someone, um, I can hear all the instruments I've got in mind in my brain while I'm doing it, so that it's it's almost like I'm I've got my band I'm I'm, I'm I've got my band and it's just in my head. So so a lot of those songs where you'll hear bass lines or uh, string parts or something like that, it's like I I, I kind of can hear that when I'm first bringing them to whoever I'm trying to bring them to, but it it helps me 
I, I hate to, I think the reason is, is because if I bring somebody a song that's not finished or if I sing somebody a line of a song or like maybe I've got a verse and no chorus or something like that and I get the reaction to it before I've got the rest of it fleshed out, uh, it's almost like it kind of kills the flower before it has a chance to grow because then now I've got a reaction to it, whether good or bad. So if I'm getting praise for that little piece of a song, maybe it makes it harder to, to finish it well. Or if they don't like that little piece of the song, it's like, well, I never got the chance to, you know, add to it that maybe the, the second ingredient would have made the dish. Mm. I like to have the whole, I like to have the whole, uh, you know, if I'm missing a bridge or something like that, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. But I like to at least have the chorus and, you know, the verse into the chorus and some kind of the flow, some kind of the. At, least, know, at least the foundation the of it. Exactly. Yeah. So you could just wake up and just build right back off of it tomorrow. Right. So when you want to let everybody know your music and stuff like that, and I know you probably have more than abundance of songs, how do you go about choosing the songs that you want to have on an album or let people know so that they can understand the story about the whole thing, the, the whole process of what you're doing? I think that uh, that is, that's a that's a tough question because I knew that I wanted to start with Days of Glory. I felt like that was that kind of was the perfect introduction to this, um, you know, this vibe, uh, this whole thing. I felt like that was a great way to start it. Days of Glory. I mean, it's got a, it's got a, it's kind of a fiery song to sing. It just felt like the right one. Um, and then, you know, from there, I think it's kind of been a, how do I feel? I just have to convince myself that the, the next move is the right move to make. And I'm sure that I'll make a wrong one, but they've all felt pretty good so far. I feel like I've, I've put them out one, two, three. Uh, the order feels good to me. Now, as far as what comes next, like even just today, I was, I might've just flipped one and the other today as far as that next, but when the, when the time comes, I'll know. Right. I think everybody, who does music, I always see like everybody picks a season or a season comes around where it just happens and it just hits, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there's just a, it's a wave, you know, just yeah, like a wave. Definitely, definitely yeah. a wave. Do you have a, a, a performer and a singer in your hands? Any advice if they wanted to go and pursue music that you would give your son and daughter? I would, yeah, I think the best advice, I think after having just just gotten to where I am um, through trial and error, I would tell them to trust the gut and follow their heart as early on as they feel like they can. You know, I think, I think that I spent a lot of time kind of looking around for answers and maybe it was, maybe it's just that I didn't have the courage at that time, but um, I just think that it, I'd advise them. It would be wise for them to follow their heart, trust their instinct and move forward with that because the worst that could happen is you fail. And uh, unless you fail to learn from that failure, then you, you've not lost anything. Yeah. Cause you're gonna, I mean, they're gonna fail. I'm gonna fail. We're all gonna fail over and over, but what do you do? You, you kind of, you, you, you allow it to sting a little bit and then you analyze, how did we get here? What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And how's I gonna do with that? You're probably not gonna fail the same way again. Right. Is, was it anyone that you can lean on, I guess, pursuing music, a uh, mentor, maybe. 
Um, well, yeah, yeah. There's, well, there's the there's the ghosts that I that I look up to a whole lot. Sam Cooke. Okay. David Ruffin is the king. My the, king the kings of music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I always I always end up back, you know, uh, in some sort of uh, just solitary situation. I got some headphones on, or I'm in a room by myself, and I'll, I'll just let that play and kind of like we talked about before, just heal me, um, and just let that kind of just seep in so that it can you know i can properly put it back out into the world but there's also there's an artist out here in austin um and he's originally from memphis he spent some time in alaska but he's he's landed here in austin and i think he's 73 or so now and uh, his name's sam evans but he goes by soul man sam um he is a, a kindred spirit i think uh he and i and he would tell you the same thing which is wonderful there's so many times i've sat there just drinking with soul man and like hey you remember this one though or do you know you know this one and there's, I feel like there's artists and like these little obscure old soul records and things like that, that I feel like if anybody other than Sam and I know them, I'd be surprised. And so uh, he also plays at the Skylark Lounge where I play every Monday. He's got every Sunday. Um, he'll, he'll, I'll find him at my shows almost all the time. I'll come out and see him and uh, he'll come up on stage and, you know, he's, he's my, I'd say if I'm going to have any kind of living mentor or anybody who I really, really look up to and, and hope that, you know, when I, when I sing and Sam's in the audience, I hope that I'm making Sam proud and the way he uh, reacts to it. I feel like I am. And that it, it means something to me. That's cool. Now we so, had my friend. Go ahead. Yes, sir. No, I thought you were saying something. Go ahead. My, my bad. No, no. I was just, I'm just trying to put Sam over, you know, just let you know. <laughs> That's for real. Now, I, w w are there any of today's artists that you listen to besides the, um, you know, the old school? Because we had a topic on our previous episode where we compared a great to a, a, a today's artist. And I just wanted to know if you listen to anybody of today so we could just have this convo real quick. Well, I got you on here. We're talking music. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I sometimes I find that I'm kind of shrunk in my world here just to Austin, Texas, you know, but uh, there is a, there's a band out here in Austin named Tomar and the FCs that I think are great. And I love okay. what they're doing. Um, as far as worldwide goes, I mean, I, uh, there definitely are, it'd be tough for me to, it, it's almost like I don't, there's no single artist that I would just pick out. I mean, you know, that, there's that Raphael Sadiq album that's mm. about 10 years old now, but yes. I remember when that came out, I was really excited that somebody was making music that sounded like that in this day and age um i mean you know charles bradley uh lee fields lee fields that he's around um but yeah you know and, and i don't want to sound like you know i just completely no, the past there are definitely some current artists that i'm into and, and songs that i like to listen to but a lot of the times it seems like somebody else has to put those on you know if you if you give me control of the spotify i'm gonna <laughs> I feel the same way. Like, don't ask me to be DJ plug and play if you don't want to hear what I'm gonna listen to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we was having a debate about um, because Beyonce's Homecoming just came out. And oh yeah. Me and me and the lady we watched it, and we we I'm a I'm a big fee I'm a big Beyonce fan since I was a kid. Yeah. And, no, don't ask. Yeah, don't ask me why. I don't know if it was like my aunt. That's what she you know was dancing to and. You know, where we're kind of closer in age. So, you know, I follow behind her and I'm just like, that's just who I'm infatuated with. So right. what popped in my head, my one of my friends was over here. He was like, Whitney Houston or Beyonce, like, who do you have, like, 
had the better career. Like, you know, I felt like once he asked that, I was like, that's a tough one, but still an easy answer for me because I'm going to say Whitney Houston. But then it just made me think and think, and it made me break down, like, the generational difference in yeah. the, the theatrical performances that Whitney would put on compared to, like, a Beyonce or any of these artists today put on, like, the budgets then, like, compared to now, you know, and how much money can be spent on chore choreography and oh, yeah. all of those things. So I'm just like, you know, if Whitney had those tools, like, I don't even think that would be a question, but I still <laughs> think it's a question, you know? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and it, it is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's gonna be tough to compare. You could compare the voices, and you could compare like the exactly the, the raw talent and the the stage presence and things like that. But it's tough to compare their careers just because uh, I feel like the you know Whitney. I don't think that the, I mean the world was a different place then, and a lot of the pitfalls that she fell into, and um, were, were maybe. Were, were, was pushed into or you know i think mm -hmm. that she you know if she would have come up at the same time as beyonce did i think whitney paved the way uh and beyonce was you know benefit from yeah from the way the world was changing in that time and, and people respect beyonce and and she she's done a hell of a job um uh, even outside of just performing um you know just owning her brand and and, and yeah, being a, an entrepreneur in a way that Whitney Houston probably wouldn't would it just wouldn't have worked out for her that way because it's the early it's late 80s early 90s the artists didn't have that kind of control back then I, I I don't think that I'd like to see what she'd have been able to do had it you know if you place her in a different time period with yeah. uh, the better opportunities that I think artists have gotten as time has, has gone along I think that I think it was more of a you know chew them up and spit them out yeah situation you know they just kind of use you and kind of drive you nuts That's yeah, yeah. well brian we just thank you for coming on bro let everybody know where they can find you you have any and, upcoming yeah. shows you know oh yeah no it's my pleasure to be on i really appreciate it truly from my heart i do uh i'm gonna be <laughs> i'm gonna be very busy i'm gonna make sure to keep it interesting um the best way to to see about that especially if you're not in the, you know, Austin, Houston, San Antonio area would be social media at the Brian Scartosi. Um, I've got BrianScartosi.com, which kind of keep it all together. Facebook.com slash Brian Scartosi. My social media, I try and keep up to date on that as best I can. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, and when new singles and things like that come out on Spotify and Apple Music and Pandora and iTunes and all that, that's... That's where to go to find that. As far as uh, locally, I'm going to be uh, every Monday night at the Skylark Lounge in Austin, Texas. Um, there's other clubs around town that you'll find me in. I'll be in Toronto, Canada in the middle of June. I think it's the 7th and 8th. Um, I don't know if you can hear the dog squeaking the toy over there. No, it's okay. I'm over here trying to keep my dog calm as well. <laughs> He's like, okay, you guys have had your time. Like, come on. Yeah, she's getting pumped. Uh, I'll be in Toronto. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any... Any other places I'll be out of town anytime soon? I can't, I can't think of any. But man, I am trying. I'm trying to catch, trying to catch, uh, you know, some momentum here. I'm trying to get. I'm, I want to go uh, try out Japan. I want to see England. I want to come play in New York. Hell, I'd love to come play Jersey and see some of my family. Right. Yeah. Go, uh, really nice. Have you? Have you been to? Have you been to Toronto before? 
No, I've never been to Canada at oh, all. Oh, man, you all love it. You're yeah, going to love I feel it. really good about it. I'm excited about that. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to as as I continue to work hard and think new things come out, and I'm hoping that, you know, more and more eyeballs I can turn to what I'm doing here. And I, I look forward to getting out and around more often. I'm trying to see the world now. That's cool. I'm going to ask you one more question before I get you out of here. Please. With the, no, social, media, with the social media thing. How important do you, and I ask all our guests, how important do you feel like social media is for your brand? And I how it. have you used it to evolve your brand? It's, uh, it's, it's a chance to perform on the daily for a global audience instead of, you know, having, you know, I, I, like I said, I play every Monday night at the Skylark Lounge in Austin, Texas. Well, if you're not in East Austin, Texas for three hours on a Monday night, then you missed it. But with Instagram and with Facebook and YouTube and all of that, I mean, any time of day, uh, in any time zone, I can perform for you. I can, uh, I can reach you. I can and try and, you know, let you know what it is I've got going on. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a good fit. I, I feel like I could be discovered at any time by anybody with it. And I, that's why I try and stay lively on there. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I like uh, I like the way it's working out. Also, it's a chance for me to kind of hone that vibe, you know. I, I, I want to be appealing to every sense. I want uh, every sense to match. I want it to fit. So if I sound, I want to sound the way I look, the way I feel, the way I smell, the way I taste. I want it all to to line up. And social media gives me the opportunity to 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 do that. You know, it can look like it sounds, like it feels, like. You know, the words can match the graphics, can match the videos, can match the sound. All right, bro. Thank you. And thank you for that. Um, thank you for sharing everything about your love for music. Thank you for breaking it all down for us. And thank you for making music that is timeless. Oh, well, thank you for saying this. Because not a lot of people are doing that. So I, I really appreciate you. I, I like old school stuff. You guys, her. Ask Rahani here. I listen to a lot of old school stuff. So when I hear you, it definitely, definitely doesn't only bring me back, but it just gives me that feeling of being home. That just home feeling of that. Yes. Let me get up and, and, and make some grits. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it gives me. <laughs> oh, that, that's that what it gives me to know in. Well, I can't thank y'all enough. I, I really appreciate it. I mean, I, I feel like as an artist, opportunity is is the, uh, the rarest commodity. Right. And, uh, and so for you to give me this one, um, I'll, I'll forever appreciate it. Oh man, the pleasure really, yeah, is forever ours. Thankful, forever. Thank you, Brian Scarstosi. Scarstosi, right? I'm, I'm, I, I, I feel like, you Scarso, like I feel like I just when I see two letters, I just I, and things roll off my tongue. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's the yeah. Bronx in me because I'm from the Bronx. So yeah, a lot yeah. Of Spanish, well, yeah, there's a lot of Spanish people around, so I just I it just yeah. Well, and I, I, everybody, everybody tells me, oh, it's, it's supposed to be Scartochi. And that probably is true, but no, I just think <laughs> the way my dad said it. You know, my dad says Scartosi, I say Scartosi. My plan is Scartosi. Yeah, I'm going okay. to, I'm going to try my best to make it, make it uh, well known enough that nobody has a problem saying it soon enough. Right, no, it's right. going to, it's going to make it. And I'm, it and I'm going to get it right now, right now. <laughs> Thank you. This is Both Sides with DJ and Honey podcast. Brian Scartosi. Thank you. We'll be right back after these messages. What's going on, everybody? My name is Will Dennis, senior associate at KPMG and co-owner of G&Co Apparel. You are listening to the Both Sides Podcast with DJ and Honey.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Both Sides with DJ. And Honey. Podcast. That was a great time with Brian. Dude is so dope for coming through and, and, and singing on the spot. Just dropping. Just singing on the spot for us on the podcast live. Wow. No, that's not planned. It wasn't. And I hope you guys really enjoyed those um, that soundbite in the beginning of the episode he sent over to us. So shout out to Brian for taking the time to help us produce this episode into something special. Hope the ladies enjoy his voice Ooh, on their way to ride into work. Ooh, baby. Um, fellas, I hope you download this and add it to your um, you know, he's, ladies' playlist. He's on all listening streams. Can nobody hear you when you whisper like that? I'm not you whispering. You sound sexy to me, but I don't know if the people them can hear you. He is on all listening streams. Brian Scartosi, he he is yeah definitely straight out of um Texas. Well, no, he's originally from. He's in Texas now, right? Yes. Okay. So, so how you when people move, do you automatically just say that? Well, no, like, I'm just saying like that's no, no, where I'm just he, and his that platform is based out of. I mean, where your platform is based, I just said it. Where your platform is like, for instance, um, Twenty One Savage. Good platform out of Atlanta. When he gets picked up by ISIS, <laughs> you find out the man's from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? So Okay, good one. That's a good one. Yeah, but shout out to Brian. Yeah. Always like to thank everybody who come through and drop their gems. There's nobody we feel um one talent or one dream or one anything uh more important and bigger than the other. Um we enjoy just making the content that we're making with everybody. Especially the fun and the um the experience and the work behind the scenes that you guys don't get to actually hear or see sometimes because everything's not always rolling or always being produced out but just enjoying that so um the finals well not the finals the eastern semi-finals i know for sure is set while we're here on um the air um who we got the raptors versus the sixers sixers celtics versus bucks in the east that's pretty much set we know as in early in the episode, Portland made it out the first round in the West. Um, the Rockets has made it out the first round in the West. If my... Um, I don't want to jinx it because while we're recording, the game is on. But I believe the Warriors will be out the West. We don't have to worry about that. They will. And my prediction is that the Golden... Not the Golden. I was about to say the Golden I Nugget. Say I was about to say the Golden <laughs> Nugget. The Nuggets... Versus the Spurs, I think it's going to go seven. I don't think that's going to be I, I finished that's gonna or should have be. been finished. But if it's not here, you guys will get my correction later next week as usual. So I'll be tied into some basketball games this weekend. Me and my lady, she has to watch what I watch sometimes. I guess that's just how it goes. So she's just like following me around the house sometimes. So she just has to end up not watching what I watch. Time, I Babe, like you know what we forgot to tell everybody since what? we're still talking basketball? Our favorite buzzer beaters oh, okay. of all time. Since this, since it's been Dame time for the last couple of days, everybody hey, is still that's on right, the Damian Lillard wave and um, the greatness of what he's put together buzzer in the playoff beaters. series. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, is, definitely is, is a top segment. 10 yeah. NBA basketball player in the world right now, in my eyes. So, only pick two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have Tracy McGrady when he was in Houston. Tracy McGrady. Oh, my gosh, babe. We're going to... I might have to get Rosetta Stone for you. I don't know, because you got Puerto Rican in you. I don't know. And I don't know, know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe it's a... 
Would it be right? You still got say, your tongue ringing? Maybe you should take that out. No, it feels funny you, when I take it out. You, you, you yeah, that's a little bit in. too. Anyway, Tracy McGrady from Houston. When it was dirty, you keep hitting my table, and you see what's gonna happen with me and you. You keep on talking about the table. What about my hand? You don't care about your hand if you keep. If you cared about your hand, you wouldn't keep slamming it against the damn table. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so. Like I was saying, Tracy McGrady from Houston when um he was playing against the Spurs and in thirty five seconds I remember that. And it was eighty one eighty and he had a thirteen was thirteen points down yeah. and they came back. I remember and that. And at one point That counts as a buzzer beater or that was yes, just a straight come, comeback. That was a great comeback. And they won eighty one eighty. Yeah, they did win, I remember. And then my second one, I don't know if you remember this, but I do remember this. And John Stockton. I've seen the highlights. I don't remember it as a kid. Okay, when he was playing. I mean, was I even born? Jazz? Yeah, she was. What year was it? It was 10. <sighs> ten John Stockton versus the 1997? Rockets. 1997? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Hello, so get baby. to the um, finals. Yeah. So against the Bulls. And yeah, he yeah, 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 I remember. did it over Charles Barkley. Yeah, Charles people. Barkley. Over the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Barkley was hopping from team to team. Hey, I used to he was, he was I ring hopping. Played, yeah. He was ring hopping, and now he's sitting behind a desk talking about how other people are ring hopping. For, Some people um, like to call the her black, no one in the kettle. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Shout out to that. But my favorite buzzer beaters, right now, I don't know if I'm on a high, but Dame Lillard's is definitely going to be a top five. And I don't know. I'm going to let it sizzle for a minute, then I'm going to come back to it. But it would definitely, it's definitely going to be one of my favorites because I was up watching it. Up. It was, he was old. On, he, was he hit old the shot, I want to say, on my birthday on the East Coast time. Did, yeah, yeah, he did. East Coast time, it was on my birthday. So. It was nice to you know see everybody just happy and enjoying and running on his floor and so that's definitely always going to be remembered. Um, he had the one against Houston five twenty. If I remember twenty fourteen um, when he sent them home. Um, another one I like was the Michael Jordan the shot. Everybody talks oh, about that he's one. Still talking about that today. Um, and one of my favorite as a kid was the Derek Fisher. Shot when he caught it. I think it was point seven seconds left. He caught it, hit the shot, and then they ran off the court. I guess so that the refs can replay it. As a kid, we used to always reenact that same exact scenario on the basketball court with my friends. So that one was definitely definitely a top five too. I think it was yeah, it was Derek Fisher and the Lakers. I can't remember what year. I think it was definitely early definitely early two thousands. But those two stick out to me. We're watching Avengers this weekend? Yes, we are definitely going to watch So by the time we come back to them next weekend, we'll be talking about Avengers Endgame? Are you going to wear your... You ain't give me my Spider-Man outfit. Listen. Trust me. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Before we even go, we're going to get Ladies and gentlemen. Now, Honey is a big talker. And see, now this oh is my a big God. thing with us. And I'm going to get into this before I take you guys out. Honey has been called out lately for talking a big game and not walking a big game. Okay? And she's been doing it more and more often. Here's another one. Oh, if you run, if you wear a Spider-Man, I'll, I'll buy you a I Spider-Man costume. Right? If you wear it, to, I was like, okay, buy it. I'll wear it. I told her I wanted this costume in February. It's April. No costume. No, it wasn't. Now was it, she it, think I was talking the trash. I told her just buy it. I wear it, honey. Oh, but I told I got you. another another example, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we going to the to the Catalina Resort in Dominican Republic. It's a new beach. I can't wait to go out and, 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 and you know, show off my, whatever, you know, her, her, her puppies. Honey, then, honey, yeah, I had honey, barely, that did that for honey, me. honey, 
Putting wore socks suit. in the pool. Come on. What? Um, Who wore socks in the pool? You know, that's an exaggeration, oh but that's what I'm saying. You basically ain't do all. Okay, I'm trying wait. to think. What was it this wait. weekend that just passed where you was talking so much trash and you, oh man. Was Good. it AC? I know it was something with AC. It has I think to be it had something to be with AC. AC. I don't remember. It was something with AC. I just don't remember. It was. Anyway, so, but you look. The reason why I still haven't got because you, with I don't know what costume I know it's Spider Man, but which one? Yo, how long does it take us to record a podcast episode? <laughs> really? Yeah, because I bet you I could pick out a Spider Man outfit faster than that. Look, we could get it by tomorrow. No, we could get it by tomorrow. Mike is at Amazon Prime. That's hey, what you got? see, Amazon that's what I'm Prime? talking about. Membership what privilege, being privileged. What else? That's it. Yeah. That's it. No. Okay, obligations for holidays as versus, like, especially for Easter. I'm taking it. I'm keeping it short. Um, if I'm not with my kid, if, and if I'm not with you, I don't, I'll just be by myself on holidays. I know this Easter felt like it really wasn't family, family time for me, but at the same time, I didn't really, it didn't really, like, I think I it know. sprung too quickly. Like, I didn't even know, like, when... I'm not used to Easter being in April. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know why this subject came up, but we were talking about it somewhere, yes, somehow, um... and it was just like... You know, is that an obligation during those big holidays? Do you feel like you have, have to be to with family? family? Or should you be on, like, vacation and stuff, doing things with your significant other? Those things. That's what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. those were the things we were talking about. But, um, hey, I think your significant other is your family. You know, depending on what your family's doing that holiday, you might want to go do something else. So those things. Something are, different. Something I think happen, things like should that. be different every year. Exactly. We're going to take you guys out of here on this one. Um, you guys, just um, make sure y'all always, always... Um, be safe. Make sure you guys subscribe to us. Listen. Um, do all those good things. This is episode 26. We got um, some stuff coming for you guys for a finale. Also something special coming up in the next couple of week, weeks as yeah. well. I, I don't want to call it, but it may be next week. So you guys make sure you tune into that. Um, you guys be safe. This is Both Sides with DJ. And honey, stay blessed. Both Sides, y'all. Hey, you guys, we would like to give thanks to the various artists who contribute to all our episodes. Have a happy Friday. That's it? Okay, that's it. <laughs>